G'day guys and welcome to another episode of Chew in the Bat where we delve into numerous sporting topics around Australia and the globe. On today's episode, you're probably thinking, hmm, where's Jack? His voice sounds weird. Well, you guessed it, this is the third of our new Cheeky Nibbles, which are just 10, 15, 20 minute recordings of something that we've been pretty passionate about at the time. Uh, I am... If you haven't guessed, producer Frey, that's why you can't recognize my voice very much. And today, I am very excited to be talking to you about the sport climbing coming up this evening in the Olympics. Uh, And I thought I would just run through being a niche sport, just the uh, disciplines that are happening, how it works, what the scoring is, people to look out for, and other neat little facts that you guys might want to have a look out for while watching it tonight. So before I get into it, uh, we haven't spoken to our sponsor, Kiala, about this uh, short series, but I'm going to give them a plug anyway because they've been great with us. So Kiala Organics, thank you for sponsoring yet another podcast. They produce premium organic certified beef, lamb, pork straight from their farm in Toowoomba, straight to your door, workplace, wherever you are. Gussie, if you were here, you'd be saying or wherever you want to be, um, they'll deliver it. Let's get into it, hey? So, sport climbing, finally in the Olympics. This has been a sport that I have personally been both doing and following for probably about five years now. Um, and they, they made it. They made it to the Olympics. I thought it might not happen until the French, because the the French love their climbing. But... Um, Turns out Japan, they've done it first. So, what to look out for? So, they're calling it sport climbing. And you're probably thinking, oh, what's that? That is the collection of three different disciplines in the, the climbing world. First being speed climbing, which I'll outline in a minute. Second being bouldering. And third being lead climbing. So, we'll start with speed climbing. This is just that probably that one that most people have seen before. Most people know about. It's muscle memory. Climb as fast as possible as you can. It's you against one other person on the wall that are climbing an identical problem. And this problem actually hasn't changed in years. It's always the same path on the wall. So before we get any deeper into the climbing, I'll just outline a couple of key words that you guys might need to be around. So when you walk up to a wall, what you're looking at is a bunch of holds. That's each individual little, whatever you want to call it, jug, bread loaf. There's lots of names for it. Every little thing that's drilled into the wall there, that's called a hold. And when you put all of them together, what you're looking at is called the problem or your root. I usually say root, but I might go back and forth, so don't get confused. So in speed climbing, it's a 15-meter wall. The wall is set to 95 degrees, so that means that when you're climbing it, if you take your feet off the wall and hang by your hands, your feet are hanging at a five-degree angle from the wall. So it is what we call an overhang the whole way. And your goal is to start at the designated starting holds and get to the top and smack a little buzzer at the top as fast as you possibly can 
Typically on the men's side of climbing, you're looking at about five to six seconds. And then the ladies, it's about six to seven, just over seven. So when you think about just trying to run forward in 15 metres and then try to do that straight up a wall, <laughs> pretty damn fast. Fast, fast. I listened to Gus's podcast about the... Uh, state of our hoop nation just before this and his his accent is in my mind so pardon me all right our second discipline and this is the one that i prefer i think it's the the most fun and it works best for for my body is called bouldering so it's a short wall it's 4.5 meters high and you're probably going 4.5 meters compared to 15 meters that's really small but the thing about bouldering is you don't actually have ropes attached whatsoever so if you fall they've got these mats these soft kind of like gymnast gymnastics mats that are about a foot and a half two feet deep with a probably about 10 15 centimeters of soft foam on top and then dense foam underneath so you don't fall into it too far and roll your ankles or anything like that we've learned a lot about foam padding through the climbing world recently um and it's a little bit more of a dynamic sort of climbing. So you've got gymnastic moves, jumps, catches. It's quite powerful. It's short. It's only four and a half meters. So you might only have six or seven moves to actually get from the start to the finish of this climb, but you're going to be pretty spent by the time you get to the top of it. And then lastly, we've got lead climbing, which is a 15 meter wall again. You're strapped to a rope this time. Um, and you have a friend that's on the ground. As you climb up, you hook your rope into carabiners that are up the, the path on the way, and then your partner on the ground can then take the slack so that you can't fall, but they can't pull you up the wall. So how these events are going to work at the Olympics, we'll start with the speed climbing. This one's the most straightforward. Everybody starts in the same spot. Everybody knows the path. Everybody's seen the path. You don't have to worry about it. They're just muscle memory muscles kicking in just get to the top of that thing as fast as you possibly can straightforward right cool let's move on to bouldering because this one's a little bit more involved so as i said it's the shorter walls not as many moves how it is going to work in the olympics is you walk out onto the mat just one person at a time everyone else is kept away from the climb so they can't see it you face away from the wall they go time starts now you turn around that's the first that you're actually going to see the set of problems in front of you. You then have four minutes to complete as many of those climbs as you can. Now, they haven't been exactly specific in this, whether you can start one climb and you have to finish that before you move on to the next one, or if it's four minutes per climb to see if you can finish them. But that's typically how they do it in a competition. So you, you climb the first one, you have four minutes to do that. If you get to the top in less than four minutes, fantastic, you're done, you can go rest. Next person comes out and does that first problem. Once everyone's done the first one, you come back out for your second. Once everyone's done the second, you come back out for your third. But the difference here between your speed and your bouldering is, yeah, you don't get to see the problem before you do it. <laughs> so when it's something that's quite technical, physical, dynamic, it's it's pretty pretty intense to be asked to do that and then our lead climbing third discipline again the 15 meter wall 
this one might be a little bit less confusing for everyone. You start at the bottom, you climb up, you have six minutes to get as high up the wall as you possibly can. Try to finish the climb in the shortest amount of time as possible. A lot of the time, nobody gets to the top. So if the problem has been set really well, you'll end up with a situation where only one person makes it to the end and nobody else finishes. So you'll have a clear winner, but that rarely happens. So as you're going up, they're going to go, all right, that person's made it to the fifth hold, that person's made it to the 30th hold, yada, yada, yada. So whoever makes it to the furthest hold will be deemed the winner. If two people make it to the same hold, it's whoever gets to that hold, touches that hold securely in the shortest amount of time. And they will be considered the winner of that round, if that makes sense. Similar with the balding, bouldering, pardon me, whoever completes the most problems in their time and whoever gets highest on each problem will be awarded the best score and they'll be ranked accordingly. As you go up the, the bouldering, there's different zones that you hit, but we'll take that out of it. That's not as important if it's your first time watching. Just think the higher you go, the better. And then the faster you do it, the better. How the scoring is going to work with the Olympics is because it's a sport climbing competition, it's not just bouldering, just lead or just speed, you actually get marked over all three. So say that you are fantastic at bouldering, you come first in the bouldering. Awesome. That's a one. You do your speed, you come third, still pretty happy with that, you know. You do your lead climb and you come sixth. What they do then is they multiply your three scores together. So one times three times six, you're sitting at 18 points. And at the end of it, they look at everyone's scores and the lowest score wins. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this works because typically if you're a speed climber, you just practice speed climbing. Like you don't really cross your disciplines because when you're doing speed climbing, you need to be explosive, twitch fiber. You need to be, you know, it, it's it's not precise. It's not as technical necessarily compared to your lead climbers who climb the same size wall, but they get to take their time. They go slowly because the last thing they want to do is fall or slip. And then in the middle of all this, you got your boulders that do a little bit of both. So I'd say that if you're looking at this whole competition, your boulder is probably going to fare the best because they see a larger array of, of um, problems and holds and angles and speeds. and So they kind of sit in the middle. So I feel like they're going to have the, uh, the benefit here. So if you do end up find yourself watching the climbing this evening... One thing I want everyone to do is have a look at their shoes because you've probably never seen a pair of shoes like that. You can't just whip on your your Air Jordans or your, even just your, your Nike Pegasus runners. These ones are specialized rubber shoes that are much tighter than a sock you've ever worn before. Soles are rubber, toes are rubber, and typically the shoe is kind of made into an arch shape so that your toes kind of curve down like the beak of a bird. This way you can, you know, put a lot of pressure just on one toe because sometimes that's all that you're going to have to support yourself and hold yourself on the wall. And having that little bit of an aggressive bird beak means that if you're upside down, you can really hook into the holds. 
because sometimes you are climbing upside down in bouldering and lead climbing. There's also rubber on the top of the shoe. That's because sometimes you're going to have pressure pushing up on top of your foot while the other is pushing down. That's called a bicycle move. You're going to see lots of that in the climbing. And you're going to notice that each individual climber is probably going to have three sets of shoes there. One for bouldering, one for speed, and one for lead. Because you're going to need a very different shaped and different stiffness shoe for all three disciplines. I honestly cannot wait to see how this one goes because we've got two Aussies out there. We've got our male climber, Tom O'Halloran. He's a New South Wales boy. He's 29 years old from Blackheath, New South Wales. He All I've seen him compete in recently is the, the bouldering competition. So hopefully that means, as I said before, that he's going to fare pretty well in all three disciplines. And... On the ladies' side, we've got Oceana McKenzie, who actually is a specialist in sport climbing. So she's a Victorian 19-year-old climber who I've got pretty high hopes for as well. Um, other than the Aussies, I'd recommend everybody keep an eye out for a Canadian climber named Sean McCall. He's got a fantastic Instagram page. You see him practicing some crazy stuff. If you want to just be blown away by, blown away by rock climbing, sorry, check him out. And the other is the French team. It's actually two brothers, the Marwem brothers. And again, if you want to just see some absolute nonsense rock climbing, mucking around and just seeing what core strength really is, check them out. But hopefully I've run through all the rules and the structure of the Olympics well enough that everyone can sit down in two hours time, 6pm AEST, standing for, of course, Australian Eastern Sport Time, standard time. And uh, you might have a little bit more of an idea of what's going on, because there's nothing worse than watching a really cool sport and going, I have no idea what's going on. So again, thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you haven't already, give Jack's cheeky nibble a listen. He's uh, gone over the goat debate with uh, some updated research on his behalf. And uh, Gus's, as I mentioned before, on the current state of the Hoop Nation um, for a couple of shorter listens on your 10-minute walk around the neighbourhood because that's all we can really do at the moment. Um, but, yeah, thanks for listening today. And uh, here's to an awesome sport climbing at the Olympics, first ever. Let's go, Aussies.